we must give shape to a new world order. Consideration, care, and concern are the need of the hour. Giving a voice to the global south is the way forward. That is why I firmly believe that the African Union be given full membership of G20. We must revive multilateralism and reform multilateral institutions with better resources and representation that applies to all our global institutions of governance, especially the United Nations. When the world had changed, our institutions too must change or risk getting replaced by a world of rivalries without rules in working for a world, new world order based on international law. Our two countries will be at the forefront as partners. <laughs> Mr. Speaker and distinguished members, today we stand at a new dawn in our relationship that will not only shape the destiny of our two nations, but also that of the world. As the young American poet, Amanda Gorman has expressed, when day comes, we step out of the shade, aflame and unafraid, the new dawn blooms as we free it. For there is always light, if only we are brave enough to see it. Our trusted partnership, our trusted partnership is like the sun in this new dawn that we spread light all around. I am reminded of a poem that I once wrote. Asman mein sir uthakar. Asman mein sir uthakar. Ghane badalo ko cheer kar. Roshni ka sankalpale abhito suraj uga hai. Uh, 
अभी तो सूरज उगा है दृढ़ निश्चय के साथ चलकर दृढ़ निश्चय के साथ चलकर हर मुश्किल को पार कर घोर अंधेरे को मिटाते गोर अंधेरे को मिटाने अभी तो सूरज उगा है इफ आई वाई टू से इट इन इंग्लिश इट वुड बी राइजिंग इट्स हेड इन द स्काइज पियर्सिंग थ्रू द डेंस क्लाउड्स विद द प्रोमिस ऑफ लाइट The sun has just risen, armed with a deep resolve, overcoming all the odds to dispel the forces of darkness. The sun has just risen. <laughs> Mr. Speaker and distinguished members. we come from different circumstances and history but we are united by a common vision and by a common destiny when our partnership progress economic resilience increases innovation grows science flourishes knowledge advances humanity benefits our seas and skies are safer democracy will shine brighter and the world will be better place that is the mission of our partnership that is our calling for this century mr speaker and distinguished members even by the high standards of our partnership this visit is one of the great positive transformation together we shall demonstrate that democracy is better and democracy is deliver count on your continued support to the india us partnership when i was here in 2016 i said that our relationship relationship is prime for a momentous future that future is today thank you once again mr speaker madam vice president and the distinguished members of this honor god bless america jai hind long live india us friendship
Thank you. You've just heard the uh, the end of uh, Prime Minister Modi's quite epic uh, speech, I think an hour and 15 minutes long, uh, to the combined House and Senate. Uh, they're uh, very ceremonial, uh, very powerful. Remember, Modi is probably the world's, now that Donald Trump uh, is in Bedminster, waiting to return to the imperial city as a president, as the 47th president of the United States, probably the biggest nationalist in the world, is Modi. Quite powerful. We'll get into that in a moment. Let me bring in... Seb Gorka. Because, Seb, I know you're under time pressure. Um, first off, uh, g- give me a minute or two on Modi, the importance of this speech uh, today, particularly given what's happening in Cuba with the CCP. Uh, Modi, the Quad, our Indo-Pacific uh, strategy, Seb Gorka. Yeah, I mean, things have changed so much since the Cold War. I, I know you remember uh, intimately how uh, the non-aligned block of nations was a, a thorn in the side in stabilizing that part of the world. Pakistan, not an ideal partner for the United States. And then uh, the uh, the overtures constantly being made by the Soviet Union to India. That's ancient history. This is uh, a nation that we have to have on our side to um, take on and, if necessary, defeat the greatest strategic threat to Western civilization, which is China. Yes, there's a war in Russia. Yes, Iran is out there. Yes, North Korea with, you know, little Kim and his nukes is a problem. But as uh, I learned from you, truly, as a you know, counterterrorism guy when I came into the White House, uh, China, China, China is number one, and we cannot defend America and the future of this nation without India being on our side in this war. So if you look at, you know, it could be 1962 again, the idea that we have a communist dictatorship that is potentially more powerful than the Soviet Union, building military bases less than 90 miles off the shore of America on the island of Cuba. Um, Yeah, India is a non-negotiable part of the geopolitical jigsaw puzzle. And as you remember, Seb, uh, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, China unleashed a, uh, a massive military attack on uh, on India. They had the, the China-India War in 1962. Yeah. Uh, you had a very special guest on your show today. I want to pivot to that because this is all of a piece. Quite ironic that Modi was here today. Let's go ahead and play that. Can we play Seb's interview with the President of the United States? This is an affront like I think I've never seen. I think this might be, this may go to the top of the list other than the way we left Afghanistan with with uh, the surrender, the way, what they did, leaving that $85 billion worth of equipment, 13 dead soldiers, many very, very horrifically wounded, leaving Americans. But this is one of the greatest affronts that they would essentially have military bases going up in Cuba. Now, and the Cuban people aren't going to stand for it either. The Cuban people are so great in Miami. No, it would have never happened. But if that did happen, I would say within 48 hours, you have 48 hours to get out. And if you don't get out, we will put sanctions and we will put tariffs on China, the likes of which no country has ever seen before. And as you know, I did take in hundreds of billions of dollars from China and not one president took in anything. But I would put tariffs on the likes of which no country has ever seen before, including China. So, Seb, you broke a lot of news today. Walk us through what we just heard. 
Yeah, first things first, um, kudos to uh, the president's team and to the war room team. I finished that interview with with the boss uh, 12 minutes ago and you're already running clips of it on your show. That's 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 quite smooth, quite smooth, Steve. Um, look, we, we, we had him on the show for more than half an hour. We, we went through the gamut of issues from Schiff to Hunter Biden uh, to what's happening, the two-tier justice system, to Durham, to why. The question I really wanted to ask him is why on earth is he doing this again? Why is he putting himself and his family through all of that? But the first question is, you know, for you and I, national security wonks, is the key question. And I always find it amusing, I'm sure you do too, when people ask, what does he mean that you know, he'll end the war in Ukraine in 24 hours? How is he going to do that? Because he's Trump. And you know as well as I do in that ex- explanation when he said, yeah, if, if we, you and I uh, and everybody listening does our part and we get him back into the White House for a second term, you know that within 48 hours he will have unleashed the hounds of hell onto Beijing in a trade sanction, trade war, the likes of which even the first four years of the Trump administration will look you know, weak by comparison and China will de-escalate. It's like people ask, you know, how is he going to do that? Steve, because he's Trump, because they're afraid of him. I'd like to remind everybody out there When we were in the White House, what happened in Syria? We saw the, you know, the information, 300 Wagner guys running around. These were basically, you know, the Kremlin's hitmen running around Syria. What did President Trump do? He told that little poodle, that feckless little, you know, war poodle, Mattis, kill them all now. Within 48 hours, the Wagner group special forces in Syria were red mist. No president, not even Reagan, has killed 300 Russians in a theater of war. Nobody, not since 1917. Steve, what did Vlad do? What did Putin do? He so crapped himself, he didn't even hold a press conference about Americans droning and killing 300 Russians on Syrian soil. That's how President Trump gets stuff done, not by intervening and invading, but by, you know, you you threaten us or you threaten regions that are important to us. We'll send you a message. Interdiction. Uh, Seb, yeah. I know you get a bounce. I just want to hold you for a few minutes on the other side. Sure. Uh, we've sure. got uh, Seb Gorka, geostrategic, big day. Modi and Congress at the White House. A CCP PLA base going up in Cuba. And Modi's talk today to Congress. Talked about making the African Union part of the G20. Talked about the BRICS. A changing world order with India as a key ally. Dr. Seb Gorka next. Well, Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the 79th time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of the U.S. dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. And you can do that with the help of Birch Gold. Here's the easiest way to do it. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. As BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa band together against the dollar, more and more central banks are diversifying. You know what they're buying, gold. 
follow their lead. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 for your free info kit on gold. There's no obligation, just information. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, Birch Gold can help protect your savings, too. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. Do it today. Follow the central banks of the BRICS. Take action, 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 and take that action today. Media put up today had cash in studio it was cash myself and Jeff Clark was on was by Skype and we were just lighting up Durham and quite frankly even lighting up Jim Jordan for for you know trying to make a saint of Durham it, it's it's humiliating it's embarrassing and the the House has got to immediately start subpoenaing people and continue on this investigation your thoughts yeah where 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 is the OG uh, Jim Jordan where where's the fight of the wrestler that we we came to love I mean you know we got to doff our caps to what Matt Gates did Matt, Matt Gates called him out I mean this is look we get the left they're radicals they hate America they want to destroy it look what they did to Adam Schiff Adam Schiff is the most mendacious person in DC there is nobody who lies more than he does to the American people that that takes some doing and they they cheered him like you know Jim Jones like some cult leader after he was censured I mean that's the left we get it but when somebody who's supposed to be a neutral man of the law, like John Durham, stands there and says, um, yeah, um, I had lots of FBI agents apologize to me, say sorry, because laws weren't followed. Well, what do you mean laws weren't followed? You mean crimes were committed by agents of the FBI and you're just reporting their apologies instead of arresting them? You're the special counsel. And he has the audacity to say, yeah, yeah, the FBI didn't interview the The relevant relevant people people when the Russia dossier was floated by the Hillary campaign to ascertain its veracity. You mean like you didn't interview the architects of Russia collusion for the next three years? You didn't, this guy didn't have the balls Stephen, to even request an interview with James Comey, with Stroke or McCabe. That, that was your only job. Your job was to get to the bottom of the cover-up of Hillary Clinton's email server investigation and to get to the bottom of who instigated, who is responsible for the biggest threat to U.S. democracy since the Civil War. Let's be clear. Operation Crossfire Hurricane, never before in U.S. history, have three agencies, the NSA, the FBI, and the CIA, targeted a presidential campaign based upon fake opposition research that was garnered from a Russian agent sitting at the Brookings Institution in Washington, D.C. And this man, he, he, he couldn't even interview them, let alone charge them and arrest them. Uh, Matt Gates is right. John Durham, Steve, is part of the cover-up. He unveiled himself. He revealed himself for being part of the deep state. And he took our coin for five years. 
Seb, do you want to see uh, Jim Jordan's committee now take that report and go with it, subpoena these guys and get to the bottom of this and maybe even have another special counsel uh, appointed? Do you want to continue this investigation? Yeah, look, I, I, the president, it was very interesting. If you listen, we, we had President Trump on, on the show for more than half an hour continuously. We didn't have any breaks. We just blew through the breaks. Three times he said, you've got to read the report. There are dozens of fascinating and disturbing nuggets is the use he the word he used the proof of the deep state and the Biden corruption and the Obama corruption remember crossfire hurricane was okayed was briefed to Obama and Biden in 2016 so yeah t- take you know for, for all of the cuckoldry don't bury don't 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 bury the lead in the oval office with Brennan yes. and all of them, right? Right, they're, they're with, with, with the Brennan and Comey, right? This, this is, you know, Dan yeah. Bongino's right. This isn't about Biden. This is about protecting Obama. All, all, of the, all of the trails lead to Obama in 16. So, you know, for all of his cowardice, take what this man did reveal and have, you know, Eric, the business partner to the Bidens, have all of these people, Devin Archer, subpoenaed in open session under oath. Do it, Jim. We want the old Jim Jordan back. Let me have the uh, let me have the impeachment uh, clip. Can play that. Oh, my God, Mr. Speaker. Uh, Let's get real here. Nothing about this is serious. Not the process, not the intentions of the resolution sponsor, not the impeachment case, not a single damn thing. Yesterday, Republicans dishonored this House and dishonored themselves by bringing to the floor a ridiculous censure resolution against Adam Schiff because Donald Trump told them to. And today, they're dishonoring this House and dishonoring themselves by bringing to the floor a ridiculous impeachment referral resolution against Joe Biden because Donald Trump told them to. This body has become a place where extreme, outlandish, and nutty issues get debated passionately, and important ones not at all. In short, Mr. Speaker, the Republican Party is a joke. Okay, so that vote, that was uh, Boebert's. It passed, but it passed to send it to... Uh, Homeland Security Committee and Judiciary for further investigation for the impeachment. Your thoughts? Is this a waste of time or is this important? Look, I consider you and Newt Gingrich to be the smartest political minds in the U.S. and then VDH to be the, you know, the smartest strategic mind. Newt on my show today said, it's too early. The impeachment, you got to have hearings and then a vote to impeach. I get that. It's a process thing. But but at the same time, why, why did we win the House? What, what are the American people demanding? They want action. We are months into a new House. We have to see action. So to quote somebody who will remain nameless, who's one of the good guys on Capitol Hill, I asked them, what's the plan? What what is the GOP doing with Biden and the corruption and and Hunter and everything else? And I said, do they have a strategy? Very simple question. Does Comer have a strategy? And the person I spoke to, one of the good guys said, no, there is no strategy. They are shooting a BB gun at the Death Star. 
Steve, I didn't pay for that. I didn't vote for that, right? BB guns at the Death Star. I, I want to have somebody fly down that trench and drop those torpedoes down the exhaust hole. That's what I want. I tell you what, uh, Seb, I know you got to bounce. I'm, we're going to come back and talk about the uh, talk about um, the uh, China, China and Cuba and Modi's speech, all of it. But in summary, your take on what President Trump said today about uh, Cuba on your uh, show, about this Chinese situation. G- give me a minute on what he said Steve. It's a Sputnik moment. I mean, this is, this is when you have to wake up. I mean, there are people alive today. My, my parents, you know, you, you, were, you were, you know, getting cans of baked beans and hoarding them in the cellar in October of 62 because you realize this might be it. Well, guess what? When we came into the White House, nobody talks about this. China's economy was actually bigger than the United States when we entered the White House. And now we have a, a nation that has declared war on us, unrestricted warfare, one belt, one road, and they're building bases, literally a stone's throw from Miami. This is, this is why we need President Trump back. So, you know, this is clear and present. This is the definition of a clear and present danger, and people need to wake up. And that's why we need President Trump back. There's nobody out there who will take it to the and, Chinese. You know, no, you know, DeSantis isn't going to take it to the China. Are you kidding me? Come you're, on. You're, you're, and, he, and he said 48 hours. In 48, again, yes. 48 hours, take everybody out. 48 in hours, 48 hours, he will unleash put, the hounds the of hell sanctions. on China in hell. terms of trade sanctions, yeah. limitations of economic uh, cooperation, and they will shrivel up and die because President Trump is serious. Get your stinking troops off Cuban soil. Uh, Seb, how do people get to your content? Uh, Seb Gorka, uh, Sebastian Gorka, just plug those in on the internet, SebastianGorka.com, uh, Truth Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, forget the, you know, fascists at YouTube. And then my Substack. I'll be, I've got a long haul flight tonight. I'll be writing a piece on what the president said on the show today. Go to SebastianGorka.substack.com. And of course, our, our Rumble channel for America first. Be there, guys. It's up to us. Seb, thanks for carving out the time today and great interview Thank with you, the president. Steve. By the way, must have been hang on, must have been very important for the guys at Salem who are tight as ticks. For those guys to blow through breaks, that shows you how mon- monumental that uh, interview was. So congratulations, blowing a break on Salem Radio. There are there are first. <laughs> no comment. Thank you, brother. Uh, I'm joined now by Congressman uh, Matt Gates. Uh, we're going to play your clip. Uh, f- from the uh, other day on the um, on use of military force, but real quickly, give us—we got a minute here before we go to break. Tell me about the impeachment vote today and 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 uh, and what's happening there. There's been a firestorm all around this city. I think about it. There, the ball's rolling, and I'm proud of Congresswoman Lauren Boebert for forcing the issue and uh, getting the House of Representatives, uh, I think, in the right posture to be able to consider this thoughtfully. Because it got talked about in the in the conference a lot, right? And you had 218 votes? I didn't go to that conference because they scheduled it at the same time as the Durham hearing, and I had work to do. The Durham hearing. We had a question on this. You know, um, Filipowski has already put it up from this morning, but we had, a, we had an observation. I had incorrectly said yesterday when we started, I said, well, you know, we missed Matt Gates because it started at 9, and Matt's always at the top of the order given his seniority and how much – Chairman Jordan thinks of his line of questioning. And then later I was told 
that you batted uh, you batted last. We got thirty seconds. How did that go down? Because you're you're it was mesmerizing how you handled it. Well, Jim Jordan is my uh, my mentor, my hero in Congress, and I'm happy to take my five minutes whenever he thinks it's appropriate for me to have it. You know, he it had is, a strategic plan. It is t- sometimes. You know, we we hold some of our heavy hitters later to bat cleanup. In this case, I think it's that I had a different position than virtually every other Republican, and so they wanted those folks to get their argument out, and I I was last because I had a contrarian view, yeah. and my view is that John Durham wasn't there to call the FBI out on their tomfoolery. He was there to be the last leg of the cover-up. Not tomfoolery. You said this was an op. That was powerful. Short break. Congressman Gates on the other side. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly $250,000. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business, almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee, and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with covidtaxrelief.org. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. To all of my hawk friends on the committee who think I'm too much of a dove, this amendment is an authorization to use military force given to President Biden to take out the Chinese assets in Cuba. Part of China's leveraged buyout of Russia has been them taking control of Russian property and Russian assets in Cuba and then vastly improving those. So, like, whereas we didn't really care too much about the Russians having 1960s technology 90 miles south of Florida, we are increasingly concerned and should be a lot more concerned that China right now is functionally turning Cuba into a stationary aircraft carrier right off the coast of Florida. And so I do not offer this authorization to use military force as, an, as, as uh, in any way an effort to spark or provoke war. I loathe war. I stand against war. I try to wind them down when we can. But in this case, I believe giving the president the authority to take out these Chinese assets in Cuba might be the very thing necessary to prevent war, to deter the Chinese from putting this in. And it is amazing to me how much we have allowed the Monroe Doctrine to just atrophy right out from underneath us. We would never have allowed these types of encroachments by China into Latin America, into the Bahamas, the Caribbean, Cuba, if we really cared about the Monroe Doctrine. So while the Foreign Affairs Committee has unfortunately asserted equities here, and I'll have to withdraw the amendment, I do think... Um, Having gotten to know you over the last couple of years, you really are 
probably one of the most important public intellectuals about America First and the national security policy. And the amazing thing is you represent one of the greatest naval bases and naval air stations in the world, and where we train all the Navy pilots. Um, and you are more than anybody. You're not that you're a dove, or, or, but you're against the interventionism, and you're kind of an anti-war guy. You've been fighting about the authorization of military use on these other open-ended 20 years, and you've been talking about Biden. How about come and get a war powers thing on Ukraine? What brought this up? This, this kind of came out of well, nowhere. I have, I have been watching China's activities in Cuba for quite some time because it's not just the naval air training that's in my district. Uh, Eglin Air Force Base has the most exquisite high-end air-to-air, sea-to-land uh, live fire that's, testing that's in the, the air, world. That's the Air Force that's Base. That's the United now. States Air Force Base, Eglin Air Force Base, Tyndall Air Force Base, McDill Air Force Base. They all do this this very important testing over the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, I've worked to enhance that range with hundreds of millions of dollars. And then I start to get briefings showing that the Chinese are moving into some of these old Russian facilities where they can't even get the fuel there to turn the lights on. So we weren't really worried about these kind of old, decrepit Russian assets that were lying around. But then you start to see antennas go up. Then you start to see the Chinese show up. Then you start to see major infrastructure enhancements. Then you start to see them build their resiliency. And as I said in the Armed Services Committee, you know, Cuba is becoming a stationary Chinese aircraft carrier, 90 miles from the coast of Florida. And, and so I don't know if I'm a dove, some people call me that, but I just try to be a realist. Like imagine caring more about Somalia and Syria than Cuba. Imagine being more invested in which guy in a sweatsuit gets to run Crimea than in whether or not the Chinese can, can collect signals intelligence from virtually every state south of the Mason-Dixon line and, and east of Texas. They would be able to watch our nuclear submarines with absolute precision coming and going from Kings Bay with these, these capabilities that they are building up in Cuba. So I believe... But they can also flip to artificial intelligence. They can go to cyber warfare, take down the grid. They could do anything from there. This right. Is, these are the nukes exactly. of the Cuban Missile Crisis. That's what people don't understand. The nukes are an, a 20th century technology. Right. So if we cared enough about the Monroe Doctrine and about the Western Hemisphere, and for goodness sake, our own neighborhood in the Caribbean, if we cared as much about that today as we did during the standoff in the Cuban Missile Crisis, we would never allow these Chinese assets to be built. And you know who would never put up with this nonsense either? The Israelis. Like when the Iranians started to try to build some of these cyber capabilities and military capabilities in parts of Syria, the Israelis just went and wiped them out. Took them out. We could send a drone swarm down there to obliterate this stuff. And I believe that in our hemisphere, it would be an entirely appropriate thing to do. Okay, full stop. Are what you're saying by you want a, 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 a authorization of the use of military force? Yeah. Are you saying, I want to skip the uh, ratcheting up, I want to stop, Don't uh, no sanctions, no cutting off the capital, give them 72 hours to remove it? Hey, by the hit. way, if sanctions worked in Cuba, Cuba would be a Caribbean Garden of Eden, not a hellscape. So I, I, this, this lurch to sanctions is one that I do not share. You know why? It's a pretty dumb thing 
to be printing dollars like they're going out of style, while at the same time just marking off various areas of the energy economy and other uh, vectors of the economy to say, we don't want the dollar used there. Hey, how about this? Maybe instead of drawing the dollar out of international circulation and printing more of them, we should actually want more people to have the dollar and we should husband the dollar as a critical American institution. I'm always attacked by the media and the left because they say Matt Gates is a danger to our institutions. Well, how about the freaking dollar? as an institution of American life? And how about the, the hardworking Americans who've done everything right and now are afraid that they're going to outlive their money? Have had 15% uh, devaluation of their own currency drop in purchasing power in the last yeah, two years. Sanctions don't help you. So if you're watching this and you're worried about inflation and your 401k and your savings account, like these sanctions that they do against Russia, Belarus, uh, all these other countries, they, they don't enhance the economic standing of our country. The BRICS in Durban in 60 days. We're starting to launch a new thing with Birch Gold. Go to birchgold.com right now slash Bannon to get the road to Durban. It's about the Durban Accords. They're going to have a package, a bundle, something as an alternative to, to the dollar in 60 days. Brought to you by Wall Street, the Federal Reserve, and the Biden a Treasury Department. I just want to go back over this because President Trump just came on subsing and his first take is that, hey, 48 hours sanctions. No, no I think it, President Trump's right about a warning. Right. But right. but but I would not convert that warning to an economic consequence. You're saying which is a you want to go. You want to go. Let me we hear. have to threaten kinetic you, you when it comes to, to Cuba. And by the way, that's not even a radical position. It's a position that we've had since the 1960s. You don't get to put stuff in Cuba that could obliterate the United States. And the cyber capabilities that are being built up now could lead to that just with just as much likelihood as nuclear weapons and missiles. You brought up a concept today, and a lot of people are going, what's he talking about, the Monroe Doctrine? Talk to us about the Monroe Doctrine, and now you've got, you got the, the outpost in the Bahamas, you've got the fentanyl coming up through Mexico, you've got, uh, you've got Lula in Brazil, the kowtows to him. The CCP is all over, from the Caribbean to Latin America to Central America. I hear there are 10,000. Somebody said, I've heard that the Intelligence Committee knows that of this invasion on our southern border, there are 10,000 members of the PLA have come up through there. Tell us about the Monroe Doctrine and what is Matt Gates's theory well, of it. Uh, the Monroe Doctrine quite simply says the Western Hemisphere, Latin America, this is, uh, this is our area of influence on our side of the Atlantic, and we do not allow other foreign powers to come into the Caribbean, into Latin America, and establish their economic, diplomatic, military presence contrary to America's interests. And what happened through the Jimmy Carter era, Carter era and the Obama era we became more accommodating because the theory of the case coming out of the Georgetown School of Foreign Relations was that, uh, or Foreign Service, is that if we bring these other foreign powers closer to us, to Latin America, well, that'll actually make them more like us. The reality is, it's not just the Chinese. What the Chinese are doing with space cooperation in Latin America is deeply, deeply troubling from an economic standpoint and a kinetic standpoint. But it's also the Turks. The Turks are propping up the lira right now with gold that they are getting out of Venezuela. The Russians provided the muscle for Maduro. The Iranians have relationships with the Venezuelans that, that, Brazil, that allow they're trying to do travel. Port, they're trying to do port calls in Brazil, the Iranian Navy. And, and then... You, you take that dynamic with, with foreign major power competition playing out, and then you start eviscerating borders. Because with the multinational 
criminal organizations and the cartels essentially playing the banana republic game down there. You have borders that start to erode, foreign powers that start to come in, and America's influence is not only our influence is diminished, our safety and our security is diminished. And if we can't even get serious about the CCP setting up in Cuba, then why do we send $886 billion every year over the Pentagon? I mean, at that point, you might as well just wave the white flag of surrender and teach your kids Mandarin. You're known as the anti-neocon. Yes, I so am not the, a neoconservative. Put this in a perspective of yeah, being the well, anti-neocon. I hope that gives me credibility when I speak of these things, because I'm the one bringing votes to the floor to get us out of Ukraine, to get us out of Somalia, to get us out of Syria. I was a critic of the length that we, uh, of time that we've spent in Afghanistan and Iraq. I have seen these wars savage communities and people and family and marriages my whole life. But the reason we make these investments, the reason I'm always for military spending, we've got to be able to protect the homeland. And this is a serious threat. This is a Chinese aircraft carrier that they are converting the island of Cuba into. That is how you have to think about it. Talk to me about um, Blinken trip. The, the comments and Biden's handling of this and this administration's handling of this entire situation? Well, the Blinken trip, it, you, you cannot evaluate it as a capsule all to itself. This really starts in Alaska, where the Chinese show up, berate our officials, walk out, humiliate us. The, and very then, first, couple of, in the first month of the administration. You know, what's amazing about, about the Blinken trip now, on the, on the heels of that, after it had to cancel before over the, you know, they were yelling at the spy balloon to figure out what its pronouns were. And, and Blinken, just the body language, right? You can watch his comments there with the sound off, and it is a man in retreat. And and sadly... That's not who you want to send to, to face down these uh, criminals in Beijing? It, it's not even a sincere, like, forced posture on the part of the United States. It, it is hand in hand and the Chinese are, are playing the Americans like fools. Do you think they're going to try to be some trade-off now? Oh, maybe we'll do something get out of Cuba, but they're going to link it to Taiwan? Well, uh, I, hey, let, let me be very clear. I care more about Cuba than I care about Taiwan. When it comes to Cuba, we're playing a home game. When it comes to Taiwan, we're playing but an away do you, game. What do you do with the chips? I mean, right now, if they had, if they had the chip comparison. Well, listen, we're making more know, chips but in it's our about country. It's going to be about and, 10 years. And also, I think there are other places in the world that are ramping up, like India. We just heard Modi yeah. address the this Micron. chips yeah. issue a great deal. And we shouldn't be that resilient. And look, maybe your blender is not going to be able to speak seven languages. You know, maybe you actually have to like roll down the window in your car. Oh no, we won't be able to get the chips from Taiwan. We'll be launched all the way back to 1996. How will America survive? Like the notion that we've got to go to war over some freaking chips. I, I do not abide. I told you he's the anti-neocon real quickly. We're going to keep you for the, through the break, but Modi speech, uh, your assessment. Yeah, I, I, um, have I, I have admired some of Modi's work where he sought to assert Indian nationalism. I don't know who the speechwriter was on this one, but it, it sure leaned into a lot of these globalist institutions yes. and entities. It was a cat bath for the UN yes. and their mission. And I think the, the biggest signal in that whole speech was when he talked about it, the Indo-PACOM region, yep. and he said that his goal was not to contain. Yep. We will not contain. That is the signal. Not the noise. Also pumped up the BRICS, and he's a big part of the BRICS. are going to meet in Durban. Okay, short commercial break. Uh, Congressman, you're going to stick with us, and we're going to talk about strategy and tactics on, uh, on the seizure of the House floor. 
and maybe some other things are happening. Congressman Matt Gates joins us. I want to thank you a lot here for dropping by. Short break. Back in the warm in a moment. To the end, just watch and see It's all started, everything's begun And you are over Cause we're taking down the CCP Spread the word all through Hong Kong We will fight till they're all gone We rejoice when there's no more Let's take down the CCP For War Room veterans, you know We have been all over this supply chain issue with China in medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. We're doing. It, I'm sorry. Is that what was finding out who Mifsud was? What you were doing? We pursued um, that avenue. Yes. Right, but was he? This whole thing was an op, Mr. Durham. This wasn't like a bumbling, fumbling FBI that like couldn't get FISA straight. They ran an op. So who put Mifsud in play? You don't know, do you? I do not know that. I can't. Okay, give I've you got the real years. thing here. But this of the entire hearing, and look. There's no stronger supporters of Jim Jordan than the War Room and the War Room Posse. But I just didn't get the whole thing when it started with the kind of Saini Durham. I'm kind of waiting there. We didn't even know you came in last. That question is the most important question of the entire hearing. The 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 frustration that my constituents have is we're millions of dollars into this, years into this, and we don't know who ordered the op. Like, isn't that the fundamental question when Biden and Susan Rice and Comey explain that to the, and Clapper? Explain that to the American people. When you said this is not just some bumbling guys or some overreaching guys. Right. This was an op. What look, do you mean by that? Look, they wanted to Without use. Without being a conspiracy theory yeah, guy. I'm not a conspiracy. Know, know. You know, they all say it's a conspiracy theory until then later they have to admit it's true. They said that my perspective on this was a conspiracy theory until the Durham report comes out. But Durham made sure that it was only flesh wounds on the deep state, that he didn't go for any of the vital organs. And that was really my critique. But here's what I mean about it being an op, Steve. You know, what they wanted to do was use national security tools to be able to surveil and harm President Trump's campaign. And the only way they were going to do that was by manufacturing an illusory predicate. And so they, they, they figure out that they need to go find somebody to just to puppet 
so that that person will say something that they can lash a predicate to. And so they go and send this FBI employee, this attractive woman as a honeypot to go and, and gaslight George Papadopoulos. And then they've got this kind of interesting professor guy who says, hey, to Papadopoulos, you know, Russia's got all this dirt on Hillary Clinton and we could make a deal. Whoever ordered Mifsud to do this is the actual true culprit of the Russia hoax. Who ordered the honeypot? And, and, and the fact that my friends and colleagues would sit there for hours and go back and forth with Durham as if all of these you know, surface-level issues about the FBI being corrupt and some of their people being bust, as if that's the real thing, that's noise. The signal is this was an operation, someone ordered it, and because they got away with it, they will do it again. And we see the pattern recognition because very similar to the Hunter Biden laptop thing, right? An op gets called by Mike Morrell, the guy's the former acting head of the CIA. These are not grundoons, okay? This is the elite level of the deep state. An op gets called, they run it, and they're able to shape the outcome of elections as a consequence. In a way, the Russia hoax was really the trial run for what they ended up doing on the Hunter Biden laptop. Uh, go back. To, you say get to the heart of this, the main thing about the op. You sit on judiciary. That report doesn't have to end this. Can't you as judiciary with Jim Jordan and yourself take this as a take this as a predicate and go forward with this? Our work does continue, and I am working with my colleagues on the Judiciary Committee to ripen these questions, to get them going. But the inevitable question from the posse is, so then who goes to jail for all this? And the reality is, for probably a lot of good reasons, the United States Congress can't put handcuffs on anybody, and the folks at the Department of Justice are wearing the jersey of the other team. And so, But you could do the work so that when we take over in January 25, we're set to go, right? Well, we have to get an attorney general with some gumption. Maybe that guy's Matt Gates. Uh, real quickly, how are we doing on all the other strategic issues you deal with every day? First, I want to answer about appropriation. Cause I've yeah, saying, I'm worried about the spending. Well, in this whole thing about this, a floor, there's a ceiling 2022. Where are we heading? And rescissions, isn't this a lot of also just, you know, uh, optics and not well, reality? Well, here, here's the real math that matters, right? From, from 2019, which is the pre-COVID level baseline, to 2023, we've seen an increase in 40% in spending. Okay, that is so ridiculous. You, we need we need severe austerity in order to be able to resolve the financial crisis that we're in. So here's what our leadership is telling us. Well, we'll we'll budget to the 2022 levels, which is a little bit less. And we think, okay, well that's at least a cut step in the right direction. But then we find out that the only way that they achieve the 2022 levels is with some budgetary gimmicks called rescissions, where they just move cash around among a bunch of government accounts. And the reason that's so offensive to us who want to put downward pressure on spending is because when you achieve the lower spending level through rescissions alone, then you are avoiding the programmatic reform that actually creates long-term savings. And so they're playing short-term gimmicks to create the illusion of a spending cut. But what our Appropriations Committee is working on right now is a spending level that I would not be able to support. And here's how they'll try to bait conservatives. They'll say, oh, well, we've got all these policy provisions in our spending bill that say, oh, you can't spend money on critical race theory or DEI. And so you really want to vote for all that policy. 
So you should accept a higher level of top line spending. The bottom line is if the dollar crashes and the American economy starts to condense, <laughs> all of the policy in the world is not going to save you from your ultimate fate of becoming a serf in this country. And, and so I am encouraging people to really look at the overall spending picture, not just a morsel here or there of what we're able to do to paper cut the deep state. We've got to go right to the dagger in the heart. Uh, walk me through just scheduling or a critical path. You're gone. You guys come back the week after the 4th of July. This is 4th of July recess. You've got about three weeks, and then you go August recess. You're not back till after Labor Day. So you got three weeks in July, essentially, two and a half weeks to three weeks in July, and then three weeks in September. The last time I looked, that's six weeks. We are not on schedule to create the spending cuts that will save the country. I believe we should cancel August recess. We should have a more rigorous budget review and appropriations process, and we should invigorate the country around the idea of spending cuts. Look, let me give Speaker McCarthy his due. When he was out there actually debating Biden in the media and in the press on spending cuts, we were winning. We were totally winning. winning. And then we gave up the game by underwriting all of the debt. So let's get back to some of those winning plays. The news here, you're saying cancel August recess. Absolutely. Right now, we are not in a position right now to force the spending cuts that are necessary. We should cancel August recess. We should stay in town. We should tweeze through these budgets and we should deliver wins, concrete wins, not happy talk. 30 seconds. Uh, social media, how do people get to you to follow you? Oh, at Matt Gates, at Rep Matt Gates. Those are my two accounts. I've got a podcast called Firebrand, folks like sometimes. It's fantastic. And, uh, okay, uh, we got another hour coming up. Stick around. Uh, Natalie Winters, we're going we're to drill down more on the CCP and uh, Wuhan Lab. Uh, the uh, uh, Turner, Mike Turner is not releasing the classified edition of the origin story of the Wuhan Lab, the non classifieds of the New York Times. It's all nonsense. We're going to break it down for you. Birchgold.com slash Bannon. The road to Durban. We're launching tomorrow. 60 days. They're going to have an alternative currency. Gold backed. You wait for it. See it there. Also, MyPillow.com. Promo code warm. Go check it out now. Back in a moment. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.